Dave Merritt is a pastor and entrepreneur who has leveraged his experience playing Division I college basketball to fulfill his dreams. He has been able to keep his accountability in getting things done by closely following the teachings and values he has learned from the Bible. His greatest strength is truly knowing people and understanding their value system. Let's find out how. All right, so here we are with Mr. Dave Merritt. He's an All-State basketball player, walked on to University of Michigan in, I believe, 2007? Uh, 2006. 2006, and he was the captain of the University of Michigan basketball team. Um, In light of that as well, he's an entrepreneur and a pastor. So I could describe who Dave Merritt is, but can can you tell the listeners who is Dave Merritt? Uh, well, I am a believer. I love to serve God, and, and my parents started the Straight Gate International Church in Detroit 42 years ago, and so now me and my brother are associate pastors working with our parents, and uh, so if you were to ask me like what my number one role is, and, and uh, that would be it, being able to, to, um, to help people in their spiritual walk and to really reach the vision uh, that God blessed my parents with 42 years ago to reach the city, nation, and world for Jesus Christ. So, yeah, I, I, I just see myself as a servant and fortunate enough and blessed enough to uh, have a number of endeavors that I get to serve people. But that's where I see my ministry at is, is just serving. So your father's a pastor. Mm-hmm. Your brother's a pastor. Mm-hmm. You're a pastor. Did you feel My mom's that? A pastor. Your mom's a pastor yeah. too. Yeah. Did you feel like you were compelled, or you had to be a pastor just because of the the lineage? Well, when I was younger, it was very interesting because you know, people in the church, people around, uh, would always say things to me at a very young age, and just would say things. You didn't ask them to say it, but you're gonna be this and you're gonna be that, and I'm like leave me alone. Like, no, no, I'm not. Like, let me live my life. And I think deep down, I knew that that was what I was supposed to do. But I didn't want someone else to make that decision for me. And so, you know, I I accepted Christ into my life, I think when I was six. But through middle school and high school, I kind of ran from that. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to kind of do what I wanted to do and didn't think it was fair that just because my parents were pastors, like, what does that have to do with me? And I'm sure a lot of people feel that way for parents that have started businesses or there's something that's going on in their family. And, you know, you're like, well, why does that mean that I have to follow in their footsteps? But so, yeah, there was some of that as I was growing up. Okay. So, so take me from high school, all state basketball player, and you always knew you're going to the University of Michigan or you always knew that you're going to the NBA? Do you, are you still chasing those hoop dreams? <laughs> no, 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 no. No hoop dreams. I'm kind of old at this point. But no, see, me and my brother had always played basketball. Basketball was very important to us. When we were born, uh, we were fortunate enough. Uh, our family had season tickets to go see the bad boys play in Auburn Hills. So we would go with our grandfather on like a weekly basis uh, to see Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars and, and Dennis Robin, all those guys, uh, and quickly fell in love with the game. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have cable, and, and you know we would watch basketball right. all the time. And we had a hoop 
outside. And so we both started playing and continued to play. Uh, but I also kind of went a different way where my brother just kind of strictly played basketball. I was very interested in other sports. I would play soccer and football and golf and tennis, and I would just try anything and everything. Uh, but when we got to high school, my brother's three years older than me, and um, he was an all-state ba- he was first-team all-state basketball player at, at West Bloomfield. Uh, at that point, was six seven. Uh, I was like five seven. And uh, he came to me one day and he's like, yo, Dave, you know, if you really want to play basketball in college, you're going to have to do more focus and have more focus on basketball as opposed to playing all these other sports. And uh, after that conversation, I was like, yeah, I, I do want to play basketball and I do want to play Division One basketball. I don't just want to play any basketball. And so... Uh, it was at that moment that I really decided and, and was fortunate enough to have a few friends who were really working hard on their game and kind of I went with them and and just started working and didn't stop working and kept working and kept working and got pretty good at, at basketball, uh, but I was more of a late bloomer. So despite me averaging 25 points per game uh, as a senior at West Bloomfield, one reason or not, I, I didn't get any Division One offers uh, to play. And so I did get accepted into Michigan and was like, you know, I really don't want to go to a small college, you know, Division Two college. Like, I want to have fun. I want to be with my friends. Uh, basically, our whole high school was at West Moonfield at the time. I mean, was at the University of Michigan at the time. So... So, I mean, I'll just go to Michigan, and we'll just make the team as a walk-on. And uh, so I went to Michigan, and, and it it didn't <laughs> – it took me three times to make it as a walk-on, uh, but finally ended up making it that third year that I tried out. And um, finally could say that I was a Division One basketball player. That's a great story. From, from what you said, though, you mentioned about being around your friends – um, obviously, this is the My Dream Big Club po- podcast, yep. and we're focused around being able to inspire and motivate people to dream yeah. big. And obviously, from what you're saying is that you surrounded yourself with people who probably had a similar vision. Mm-hmm. Um, how how com- how important was that in getting you to the right level? It was very important, uh, and I didn't really uh, <laughs> I really didn't understand this or even think about this until a few days ago, maybe a few weeks ago. Oh. Um, you know, when you work hard, you're like always thinking, okay, yeah, I work hard, but you've probably seen some example or you've had somebody in your life that you've modeled or has, has showed you how to do it or has uh, influenced you uh, to work hard in the same manner. And so, you know, a guy that, that we both know, Aaron Sebron, I, I, just, I just thought about this a few weeks ago. When I first got into high school, I was going with Aaron on like a consistent basis to go to the gym and to get shots up and get into the weight room. It wasn't just that I, I loved working out, but I was just going with him. And that's like what his regiment was yeah. and quickly got into it and like loved the process and, and loved being able to get better. And so I think that was a, a, a really big moment for me getting into high school and learning like, okay, you lift weights for this reason. You train for this reason. And once I got a taste of it, like, it didn't stop. And I wanted every single time that I had an opportunity to get better, mm-hmm. I took advantage of it. There's some things uh, when I got to Michigan um, 
definitely even after Michigan and learning more how to be a leader. If I could go back to that time frame, uh, I would have been more aware that it's great that I was working out. It's great that I was uh, working harder than anyone else. But really, I think it's on the responsibility as leaders to bring people along the way with you. So I wish if I could have gone back that as much as I was working out, I then turned around and uh, help more teammates to to get into the gym with me instead of, and, and it got to the point where my senior year, I was pretty good, but like some of my teammates weren't as good as me. And if I would have just picked them up on my way, or if I was just like, yo, you really, and, and shared what Aaron had shared with me and what other people had shared with me, you know, maybe we would have been better my senior year in high school yeah. if, I, if I had taken that role. Let's touch on that, though. So you're yep. talking about being able to to bring people up and to make sure that they can grow, right? Because mm-hmm. the more they grow, the better your team is, just mm-hmm. in general. As you relate that to even entrepreneurship, yeah. what are some things or some some key things into to bringing success? How do you make sure that the people that you're, you're hiring or the people that you're working with, you're able to foster and develop them so that you can reach your goals? Yeah, I think ultimately when it comes to business, uh, one of the things that I've been really focused on as of late is um, making sure that it's not just going into business to go into business, but as we all know as entrepreneurs, we've probably seen the the Simon Sinek video and, and about starting with why and finding your why. Uh, but I think also as as business owners, we really have to differentiate what we're passionate about also and marry that to solving a real need and solving a real problem. I think sometimes we get very into what we're interested in, and that's important. But at the same time, just because I like basketball doesn't mean that there is a business opportunity for me to go into to basketball right. or to provide a product that's basketball-based. Like, I really have to find a problem and find something that I'm creating a solution for with my product or with my business, I mean, it's not just things that I like to do. I think that's that's really, really important. And it's it's all about people and getting to know people. And we call it customer discovery and getting into not only the uh, sort of hobbies or, or likes and dislikes of people, but really knowing those people and finding what they believe and, and the value system that they have. Um, so that you're solving a problem for a person. And if you continue to solve problems with your business and you have a great solution for that problem, chances are you're probably going to be successful or at least have a business that's successful uh, when it comes to revenue because you're you're providing this solution. So I think a, a big um, sort of lesson that I'm continuing to learn and try to share with others is that uh, when you are starting a business or when you have a business, what is the problem that your product or your uh, solution is actually solving? Uh, and then making sure that that's connected to a, a person uh, because sometimes problems change. And if I'm really connected to people and uh, that's the reason I'm in business, even when those dislikes or those patterns change, mm-hmm. uh, I'll be prepared for that because I'm very targeted. I'm not as much product focused as I am people focused. Yes. So just from the way you're talking, right, very uh, inspirational from your stories and even the, the type of thought process you have um, in dealing with, with people and, and, and business, there's, there's things that seem to be motivating you or even keeping your mind at a, at a level set. Uh, what 
do you do or, or what are some things that, and patterns that you have or strategies that you can share that really keeps you inspired or keeps you having a positive mindset in the things yeah. that you're doing? Well, number one, for me, it's my uh, relationship with God. I think that's extremely important. You know, uh, always dedicate when I wake up to time for, for prayer and, and praise and worship, reading my, my Bible and, and uh, really making sure, especially as a pastor, uh, you, you talk about practice what you preach. Um, you know, I, I really can't be telling people to do certain things or to be a certain way, and that is not reflective of my life, and that's not reflective of what I'm doing on a daily basis and what is my character, right? So I have to make sure that, that I'm not only, what I'm portraying is actually real. Right. So I think that's extremely important. Uh, and then I think a, a large part comes down to discipline, especially as an entrepreneur. No one is if you're the if you're the boss uh, and you're an entrepreneur, you're probably your, your team's pretty small as you're, you're getting going. Um, no one's going to be telling you you're not doing what you're, do, you're supposed to be doing. Like you, you don't have a boss. You are your boss. And so when you're late, who's telling you that you're late? Like when you aren't doing what you're supposed to be doing, who's telling you that? Like you have to tell yourself, you have to manage yourself, and that comes down to discipline. So uh, I really have to ask myself, did I get better today? Did I put in my best effort today for what I'm going after? And um, that's, that's what really makes entrepreneurship really special is that you have to have this keen ability to evaluate your own self-performance which for a lot of us is very, very hard. We, we like to go hard on other people, but most of the time we don't necessarily go as hard on ourselves right. because it's, it's very hard uh, to see ourselves when we're in our bodies. And so uh, I think that that's um, something that I, I try to be aware of, of stepping outside of myself and looking at myself uh, and taking self-inventory of myself on what could I be doing better or even just posing the question on a daily basis, did I get better today? And if I gave my best effort on that day, then I can be satisfied with that. And if I didn't, I have to I have to just be aware of that and, and put necessary steps in place for me to have better self-discipline. Yeah, so you talk about self-discipline, being self-motivated. Mm-hmm. As, as people and the things that we do, we, we look for perhaps an accountability partner to, mm-hmm. to hold us accountable for what we're doing. Yep. Now, do you have accountability partners? Do you have mentors? Who makes sure that Dave Merritt does what he's supposed to do? <laughs> I, I, I would say, I'd say God, is my, my, yeah. God is my accountability partner, you know. When I read that Bible and I, and I see, uh, you know, bless those that curse you, it's like, hey, Dave, are you are you blessing those that, that – may be against you like when it says forgive like are you forgiving people who may have done something against you so like I really believe reading the Bible um, is is really important for uh, the Bible reading us you know I mean I can I can adjust where I need to based on you know what God's thoughts about are about something and then yeah for me it really I I believe I'm my 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 best self-credit yeah like you've you've gotta you've gotta have it to where you are evaluating. It's just in I've been very fortunate that most of the roles that I have are leadership roles. So that means no one else is telling me whether or not I'm doing a bad job or not. 
Like I really have to tell myself whether or not that's true. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I try to be as accountable personally as I can and definitely have people that, you know, mentors and people that help and, and, and that I can go to for advice. But ultimately on that daily basis, it's, you know, you're talking to yourself and, and what are you telling yourself? I think that's very, that's very important because yeah. you're going to talk to yourself regardless. Right. It's like, what are you telling yourself? Yeah, which is great because um, from, from what you're saying is you have, you have a ritual going to the Bible, mm-hmm. being able to make sure that you are reading um, the word and mm-hmm. it's telling you how you should be directing your life and mm-hmm. things that you should be doing. And on top of that, you've also seemed to be leveraging your mentors and, and how they're experiences are helping to drive the things that you're doing Mm -hmm. so which seems like you have a a great system to to have a a strong mindset Mm -hmm. right and uh, the question I have is when it comes to even though you had that great system we could even use the example of of, uh, your your time playing basketball do you ever feel like quitting or how close have you come and you've like what story do you have that like oh I almost quit and this is what happened because I stuck yeah, so the the Michigan uh, experience definitely is that experience for me, as you as I said earlier in the podcast that that goal for me was started in the ninth grade, and I worked very 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 hard throughout high school with that goal in mind. When I wasn't making the team, uh, the the two years that I didn't make it, finally made it the third year, um, that was a daily pursuit for me, even though I was in school. I was going to the CCR building, the IM building on a daily basis, working out, making sure I was in shape, making sure I was still working on my game, um, playing intramurals. Uh, so it wasn't like I was just waiting until the tryout happened every year and just saying, oh, I'm okay at basketball. No, that was something that I was pursuing. And so the second year that I didn't make it, because I had played so well in that tryout that year, because I had worked so hard, um, that at that point, it was uh, very hard for me, and I wasn't really understanding how that was possible when everyone in that gym knew that I was the best player that night, and I still didn't make the team. So I had to talk to myself for about two weeks uh, to say, hey, do you want to keep doing this? Do you want to keep putting your body through this 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 workout and and still trying to be a good student at the same time that you're going to the gym every day but it was at that moment like what do you what do you want like do you want it and you got to decide that like do you want it and what and that's I think why you take it on a on a day-to-day basis and why you know God says don't worry about tomorrow like let's just let's just focus on today And, and and it's a daily walk of faith it's a daily walk of faith because if you look at it I would have looked at it and said, hey, man, I've been working at this for six years and I still don't have what I want. The problem with looking at it that way is that I should be looking at it just from six to seven. It's like, hey, all I got to do is work out one more year. Like, all I got to do is work out one more day. Hmm. And so I don't really need to reflect on the six because – I'm that much closer to where I want to be. Say six, six years to seven. Yes, yeah, yeah. let's just focus on the six to seven. Don't focus on the six that you've already worked. Like those are that you've that's, that's done. Yeah, like, let's just focus on today. That's a good way of looking at it. And so I was like, okay, I'll give it one more go. Give it one more go, and finally made it. And that w- see, and 
here's the thing, though. Even when I got on the team, I had a new goal. There was something new that I wanted. I wanted to play. And so, okay, we got to keep, keep working. Yeah. And then what happened was uh, I finally started to play. I was Coach Amaker's last year. Played in the NIT tournament that year. Somebody got hurt. One of our teammate, one of my teammates got hurt. Played in two NIT games after not playing pretty much for the entire year. And played well. And, like, even the team was like, man, maybe Dave should have been playing a little bit. Yeah. And uh, Coach Amaker gets fired. And bring in Coach Beeline. Coach Beeline tells tells us, has a meeting with the walk-ons. He says, hey, I used to be a walk-on. I really appreciate what you guys do, but I can't guarantee you a spot on this team. You know, my focus is just the scholarship players. In fact, you won't even be, you know, participating in, in sort of the regular team stuff. Like, you'll have to find times for you to work out in the gym. I mean, you're, you're, the gym is available to you, but you just won't be doing – you know, everything that the, team, that the team is doing. It's like starting over. <laughs> Start right back over. Start right back over. I had to make the team again. Like, after being on the team for that entire yeah. year, I had to make the team yet again. But it's like, yo, like, what do you, what do you want? Like, what do you want to do? Yeah, but it seems like, so you, ha- you, you have that vision. Um, I mean, you knew what you wanted. You yeah. knew what you wanted. Now, from what you're saying, why do you think that people fail? I believe, one, is that we have a misconception of what failure, failure is. I believe failure is, is more a destination that you only reach when you stop. Mm-hmm. So if, you're, if you've learned from something and you're continuing and you're applying what you're learning to continue then you haven't reached failure yet failure is only it's only in your head like if you stop because of something then that's when i i believe you fail but if you used whatever you're going through as a stepping stone as a learning experience as something that you can continue to grow from i i mean i just think there's a there's a difference between falling and failing so failing your way to success in a way no, I, I don't. I don't. Sometimes I, I I go back and forth with. It's not that we're trying to fail. Intentionally, right? You know, it's not. It's not that we're we're trying to fall, but that it it may happen. It may occur. Um, and what do you do when that happens? I think is a testament to whether or not you're going to be successful. Um, you know, what we tell our young people a lot is like. It, it it may not be this just straight upward mobility or, or this straight linear linear path. success path to success. Like you may do all this type of stuff, and it it's okay, and it's it's just something that you got to continue, even when you do mess up or you do fail, as as most people would say. Like get back on the horse. Like let's go. Like let's let's learn. Let's grow. So. I'm going to give you the last word, and mm-hmm. you were getting to that from, from what you were just saying. When it comes to inspiring and motivating others mm-hmm. to, to dream big, what can you say to people that will keep them driven, keep them motivated, keep them going, making sure that they are not going to stop in reaching the things that they want to reach? 
Yeah, I'll, I'll bring up Simon Sinek again. <laughs> One point from his that that video, which has probably been viewed a billion times now, he says that that Martin Luther King never gave the I have a plan speech. Mm-hmm. He gave the I have a dream speech. And it was a dream that was bigger than him. In fact, it was so big that it involved, like, the entire world. Mm. The dream was bigger than himself. And I think that's what really uh, vision is. Vision is something that, yes, includes you, but has to be so much bigger than Mm. you. Mm. Uh, It has to be so much bigger that you won't be able to complete it on your own. You need people to come in, to buy in uh, to what you're doing, and to invest in what you're doing uh, because they believe the same things that you believe. Uh, so I think as, as leaders and as entrepreneurs, we have to be casting something that is grand, that is big, uh, that involves other people to get around, uh, to also be passionate about and to give of themselves and to be so invested in a vision that they're, they're, they're not willing to take no for an answer. I, I, my, my Michigan basketball experience still sticks with me today. I, I really don't remember what some of the stuff that I learned in school. Like, I don't, I don't really remember. I don't think I used most of, the, most of the things that I learned in the classroom. But what I learned through that experience are things that I still implement on a daily basis because I was so invested in that vision. Like, I own that vision. Like, my, my life was in that vision. And that's what you got to do. You got you to put your life into it. And so that's what I would say. Uh, dream big, the Dream Big Club, whatever that dream is, it, it should be big enough that you can't reach it by yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard it from Dave Merritt, pastor, entrepreneur, and all-around excellent individual. Thank you. Thank you. Dream big and never stop dreaming. But remember, dreams without action are just dreams and often lead to disappointment. So let's get to work. And thank you for listening to My Dream Big Club's podcast. Please leave a review and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whichever podcast app you have. I'm your host, Sean Phillips. Take care.